We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to The Uncontested Podcast, talking Oklahoma City Thunder basketball and the wider NBA. Sam Presti said, lower the hatch, load up the cannon, and get the tank out rolling. Catch new episodes after each Thunder game and every Sunday night. This is a house of learning doctors. Follow The Uncontested on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube to catch new content as it drops. I mean, a cat and a dog connected together? This is Lou Dork. You're listening to The Uncontested. Welcome to The Uncontested Podcast. We are a proud part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Um, I am your host for tonight, Taylor. We've got a fun one for you guys playing this offseason, this fine Wednesday evening in Oklahoma City. Um, It's actually cooled down. It's been really nice out. Been enjoying my evening outside and doing a little planning um, for this podcast with none other than one of my very good friends and co-hosts, Nick Crane. I don't know why they trusted you and I to to do a two-man pod, but here we are. Hey, you know, our uh, our basketball teams back in the day trusted us to run a two-man game. And uh, hopefully this podcast turns out a little better than, than those basketball games did. Can't go worse than 0-50. <laughs> hey, our uh, freshman year, though, we uh, went undefeated up until the championship. Uh, thanks, not to us, but to our <laughs> teammates, mainly mainly Jalen Lowe. Um, yes. <laughs> we were good. We and... were good bench mob. Yeah, that's right. We got some playing time against some of the other benches and blowouts and did great. But uh, the listeners did not come to listen to us talk about our basketball (laughs) days, Nick, as uh, much as as I'm sure um, we wish they did. But (laughs) we have some some Thunder stuff to talk about. Just really quick, Nick, I I mentioned Blue Wire, obviously, at the the top of the podcast. Uh, We talked to Justin, Jacob, and I at this past uh, podcast on Sunday evening. Um, Most of you guys probably listened to it on Monday. But we talked to Justin, and he kind of gave us a little uh, rundown of your guys' guys's experience in Vegas. I'm not sure if you've gotten the chance to listen to it. I know you've uh, been traveling since Vegas, even. Uh, you you went on a little vacation that you had planned and uh, just kind of getting settled back home and settled back into work. But um, if there's anything that Justin didn't cover, or even just really quick, we won't spend as much time on it as we did on Sunday. But just some things that really stuck out to you about Vegas and Summer League and some of your favorite parts. Yeah, I'll give I'll give three main themes. Um, one, it's hot as hell. Like humidity <laughs> there is is insane. Um, like Justin and I, I'm sure he went into this. I haven't had a chance to listen to the pod from Sunday night, but um, we Ubered to record. Our studios at the Win. 
we were staying closer to Thomas and Mac, and that was definitely not walkable. Would have been 40, 45 minutes, and in that heat, there's no way. Oh, but from even our, like without the heat, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But from from our hotel to like the beginning of the strip, like when the uh, the winds on the north side, but to the regular part of the strip, um, we walked that several times. We also walked from the hotel to the arena, hence why we booked hotel so close. Even then, it was like you you broke a little bit of a sweat. So that was. First takeaway. Second takeaway, we are small people. Like in, in a regular workday world, you know, we <laughs> Like you and I are small people, or like yes. are you including Justin? Because Justin's a very okay. tall human. <laughs> Justin is Justin is six seven. So maybe that that was another probably another piece of it. But I'm so used to like like I'm six foot six one. Well, that's that's normal, if not like yeah. kind of. I, mean, I wouldn't call and I'm it like tall. five eleven. We always have been almost the same height. Yeah. Right. And it's like in Vegas when one thing I realized too is a lot of these agents and um, like entourage folks that that are around to watch games are like former players that maybe played like D one but didn't make it to the NBA or played overseas for a few years. So even just the the non players that were in Vegas, kind of down in our our VIP section, were all humongous. So for an entire week, I was like the smallest person anywhere. And I guess to your point, Justin included is six inches, seven inches taller than me. So that was another takeaway is, is in the grand <laughs> scheme of things, uh, we are, we are small humans, Taylor. Um, no. Oh yeah. Outside of that, I would say it's just, it was nice to see hoops in person again. Um, I was just telling Justin when we got to Vegas, cause there was, you know, you and you and Jacob wanted to go at one point and then couldn't with work. And I was telling him, you know, if this wouldn't have worked out, you know, maybe it's not a big deal because you know, we could watch all these games on TV anyways. And Within five minutes of the first game, it had been you know two years since I'd watched a basketball game up close in person. Right, Even right. going and covering the Thunder last year, availabilities were on Zoom, and and then you know even the the media section is is you know thirty quite a ways up there. It's like the two hundred level, basically. Yeah, yeah. And so being that close, I had forgotten what it was like to see even like in warmups before the game, like running through drills and layup lines. You forget like how how much better it is to see it up close and personal and seeing these guys like like when you talk about quickness and first step and explosiveness on tv like you can see it some but in person it is a whole different world it's completely different yep so that was my other takeaway is i had kind of gotten to the point where i had taken it for granted being in person and up close for games and covering the team from from afar for a year and a half it's it's going to be nice to get back in person because you really can't evaluate a guy on on film, hence why NBA scouts and college scouts are going to games in person because there's so many things you miss if you're not. That's a really good point. I'm glad you brought brought that up. And all three of those points were really fun because those are completely different than what uh, Justin mentioned. So I'm really glad that, that you brought those up. Nick, I think about uh, back when the Thunder first came to OKC, like in 2008, and uh, due to my dad's company, um, who he was working for, and, and he was kind of one of the ones who led the negotiation with his company and the Thunder for a sponsorship, um, we got to go and be ball boys there for a couple seasons for the Thunder and preseason games and even in a playoff game against the Grizzlies. And so, like you said, like just being down there up close, um, there's truly nothing like it. Whether you're you're down there as a ball boy or, you know, sitting courtside at a uh, it's a completely different experience. And I, I, I think you're right. We kind of maybe take it for granted uh, the past couple or I, past season and a half now, I guess, um, or two seasons really. Yeah. yeah. Not getting to see the Thunder in person. 
So uh, that's that's a good point. Just one, really quick, wrap one one more one more real quick before we move into that. Um, yeah, you remember this, Taylor? As ball boys, I think at a young age, it was kind of eye opening to hear the trash talk and the profanity <laughs> on the court. That's another yeah. thing that that you don't you don't truly get to experience until you're in person. Like Scotty Barnes leading up to the draft, we always heard and, and you can see it on tape too. Great character, kid. Well, Just well, so not, it's like earth. that, but like that, he was also known for being the like ultimate like three competitor. Bitch. Exactly, exactly. A, a passionate, a passionate competitor, uh, a trash talker gets in your head, and it's like, yeah, but a lot of guys talk trash. And then you go see him in person, and a person dribbling the ball up that he's guarding full court like stumbles a little bit or it bounces off his foot and he gets it back. Hey, that shit weak, man. That shit weak. You can't travel. <laughs> I'm like, oh my gosh. Like the, and and Tao. Seeing, like seeing that in person is crazy. Yes. Like super level-headed, quiet Tao over there just like dropping like F-bombs and English, French, and every yes. other language you can think of. Yes. He, yeah, he, he, was <laughs> so a really, big, he was a big F-bomb. That's awesome. I love it. I love it so much. Really quick, um, rapid fire. We asked this to uh, to Justin as well. Who was your... The, your favorite player to current player to see uh, or former, I guess for that matter, or who was like the biggest, like, wow, I can't believe he's in the same gym that I am only a couple feet away from me. Um, that's tough. Cause there were so many, um, I'm going to guess Justin's answer was like Dort or Shea. No, no, no. Um, really? Tell me yours okay. and I'll let you know what, who he, yeah, the the reason I say that is because you know being with him the entire time, I got to see his reactions to some of these guys, and um, there was a lot of big names that he was like, "Oh yeah, there's so and so," and then Shay and Lou walked by, and he was like, didn't know how to get to his phone quick enough. <laughs> um, that's that's why I assumed it'd be awesome. them. I would say, I would say, and this is a a, a weird answer, um, but it was only because it was the very first day. We didn't know what to expect. We didn't really even realize that VIP section we were in was reserved for players, scouts, agents, and family. Um, and Nick and watching Justin. The, <laughs> and Nick and Justin. Watching the Raptors game and Pascal Siakam is one okay. row in front of us and two seats to the right. That that was one of the two he mentioned for the same <laughs> okay. exact reason. He yeah, it wasn't, because, disclaimer. it wasn't because Pascal's like the big name, but it's like that was the first like, holy cow, like we're – that's We're going to be around these guys. Exactly what he said and the exact reason that he gave. And then he gave one other player. Um, so was there one other st- that kind of stuck out to you? Um, I'm trying to say, Oh, I mean, Giannis was <laughs> – was that who he said too? Yes. So he said Giannis was his biggest okay. name and Pascal was the other one that came to mind because it was the very first person you guys saw. So the same exact thing. Yeah. Um, well, cause a lot is, of that, these, a lot of these players I've, I've been around whenever back when media was in person and you could go on court pregame warmups right. and stuff. So there's a lot of guys that Justin was Shea, excited about. Dorf, I was like, yeah, I've, I've, I've literally like, like brush holders of that guy before. Um, <laughs> I would say I'll, I'll, I'll try to do a different one just so I can be different than Justin. Um, I'll go John Morant just cause I hadn't, Hadn't covered That's him in cool. person. I'd never seen him in person before, and he was two two seats in front of us um, at the the one of the game. We had to grizzly somebody, and he had a legit entourage. Like there was six or seven guys, like non non players, non agents, non family, just like the homies that rolled. Yeah, his inner circle, and we've seen that with Shay too. You know, all off seasons, he's he's been hanging out with his best friend. I can't remember his name, and then uh, his brother. Uh, 
Tomasi is his yep. name on Instagram. Is it Thomas? <laughs> I actually Tomas. don't know. I can't say I, I follow his family either. too closely. Keeping yeah, up right, with the right. Gilgis Alexanders. He's, he's playing with any. Uh, he's playing with yes, any other. Right, I know right. that. Uh, um, and then obviously his cousin uh, Nickel uh, playing with the Pelicans. Um, but no, that was really funny uh, getting getting your opinion on that and seeing how similar it was to Justin. That's really cool. Again, I love that you guys got that experience. I promise to our listeners, this literally will be the last time we talk about it. <laughs> we won't milk that content for too long. But uh, Nick and Justin provided some awesome content while they were down there, both in podcast form and also just in pictures and coverage. And um, also, Jacob and I are super jealous, like Nick mentioned at the top of this. So we uh, wanted to pick your brains a little bit. Next season, full squad, rolling deep. It'll be a ton of fun. Uh, Blue Wire yes, podcast sir. studios we complete. I can't wait. Now, Nick... Um, I, I mentioned our fellow co-host, and one of the reasons that Jacob couldn't couldn't make it was because um, he has school starting tomorrow. And no, he's not going back to school. He is a teacher, um, obviously doing a a great um, service to our local community. Him and Kami are both are, are teachers, and neither of them could join tonight because they start um, they, they have students come in for the first time um, tomorrow. So we're we're both or all of us here at the Uncontested are thinking about them and um, super excited for them, and obviously hoping. Everything works out from a COVID standpoint, as I know that them and their fellow teachers and all of you teachers, not even here in the OKC Metro, just we're kind of looking forward to a, a a year with no COVID, a little more back to normal. And unfortunately, to kick it off, it doesn't seem it'll be that way. So we're thinking of all of you, very appreciative of all of, all of you. But with all that being said, Nick, I started thinking about back to school stuff. And you've been asking me what we're going to talk about. I told you I had a fun segment planned, but I didn't tell you what it was because I, uh, I thought it'd be way more fun just to kind of throw this at you at once. So obviously school's starting, and I was thinking back to school. And I feel like this is going to be a fun way to look back on the previous season that we just okay. said that we had with the Thunder. Also a fun way to look forward to this coming season. So I, I have two segments here, kind of like a uh, pop quiz for you, I guess, but um, kind of like a test, I guess, in, in the the fun and spirit of, of school starting up. So I went through my phone, and for this this first segment of the test, I found some some fun stats that happened from the previous season. I thought this would be a fun way to look back on last season. However, I'm not a super mean or strict teacher. I'm not going to make this fill in the blank. Thing. <laughs> I'm going to give you multiple choice. I'm not going to be that Kay. guy. Okay. Okay. So I went through my phone, found some some fun stats, kind of to recap some of the fun things that happened last season. I'm going to uh, to give you some options here, and, and see if you can answer them. Not all of them will be multiple choice. Um, I'll ask you to like maybe name like a couple of players or or something like that. But I thought this would be a fun way to look back on the season. Then I have another segment moving forward and uh, kind of a similar theme. To look forward ahead to the next season. So are you ready? Let's get it. I'm ready to fail. <laughs> That's what I like to hear. All right, so here's my first question. Four players that are age 22 or younger have scored 40-plus points in a Thunder uniform. Now, Spencer Hayward – or sorry, Haywood, not, not Hayward. Haywood, uh, he did so in a Sonics uniform, so he doesn't count. But uh, four other players have, have done so, scored 40-plus points in a Thunder uniform. Can you name them? Um, but like I said, this will be multiple choice. Um, or wait, No. This one isn't multiple choice, sorry. Um, I'm going to give you three, or let's say two of them. See Katie, two. Katie, Russ, SGA, Dort. No. Really? I'll give you one more, one more chance. I said multiple um, choice. This isn't really multiple choice. I think I did more of a uh, – I just kind of started listing out questions. 
So, so <laughs> 22 or younger. You were close. It's got to be Katie Russ for sure. Those, right? Oh, okay. Wait, sorry. So technically later on the season, um, that would be correct. Now there's five. Okay. So okay. you got, okay, sorry. Yeah. 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 So I'm there's another teacher. one. This is there's another. Teach. So those four are accurate, but there's one more. Yes. Okay. Say those Harden. four one more time. Katie yeah, yeah, Harden, okay. Russ, SGA, Dort. Yes. Okay. Sorry. So when I was going through my old stats, um, this was prior to to Dort um, having a big game. So okay. yes, that was okay. correct. And uh, you corrected the teacher there. So good job. Let's go. <laughs> um, again, I think if I make these multiple choices, it's going to be way way too easy. So let's just see if test you. Test me, man. We'll just do some rapid fires. Yeah, I'm just going to test you. Um, so LeBron James became the youngest player ever to score five plus three pointers in an NBA game back in 2003. Poku. Who is the second youngest player? Dang it, you remembered it. I was thinking you were going to be like, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so Poku. That night, he became the youngest player ever to have 20 plus points, 10 plus rebounds, and five plus threes. And then later in the season, I don't know if you remember this. But he had another stat similar to LeBron. This isn't a question I have, but I'm just curious if you remember it. Uh, it, it, it. It was that game, but the, the five, stat, five, five, five. That's it. That's it. The five, five, Taylor, five. Taylor, five. you a, forget there wasn't many high points last season. They're not, they're not that hard true. to remember. <laughs> that's true for you. For our listeners, they're probably like, yeah, I'm hoping they're like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Poku did that. Yeah, no, no um, give, yes, give, give us the, the rundown on that five, 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 because that was interesting. He became the first rookie since LeBron to have five-plus points, five-plus rebounds, five-plus assists, and five blocks in a game. That was all within uh, – It was, I think it was a little over a month span, but still. Um, you know, and, and I thought that was interesting because obviously all Thunder fans are focused on Summer League right now that just wrapped up. And some of these young guys, um, probably a little disappointed from the lottery. But to think back – and I still have, I think, a couple others of Poku, but just kind of some of the – um, the highlights that Poku had over this past season, being as young as he was, the youngest player in the league. Um, you know, he was uh, Josh Primo for the Spurs this season. That's who Poku was last season. And to see him do what he was able to do, um, even on a team where he had maybe more of a role than he would otherwise, I think was was really special. And um, I'm just super excited to see um, what he's added to his game, whether that be physical strength and size, or even just improving on some of his, uh, you know, improving his shot, his jumper, whatever that may, may be next season. Um, and the fact that he was able to do some of this last season as young as he was, I have pretty high expectations. He's going to be brilliant this season. He's already a fan favorite, but just wait until, like, oh, yeah. the, nation, the national oh, yeah. NBA Twitter crowd caught on late. But just wait, just wait. So this one feels pretty easy as well if you got that Poku one. But a certain Thunder player obtained a double-double last season and only eight minutes and ten seconds of game time. Who was that player? Ooh. Oh, oh, was this Brown? You, finally. Yeah, there you go. I didn't stump you too, Brad. Bad. Uh, no, that, that was a, I, I actually don't remember that, but I, I was thinking that okay. has to be the only okay. guy that did it. So it was Moses. It was when he was going through that tear um, where apparently NBA fans just latched on to like that two, three-week period. Um <laughs> <laughs> and think he is like the next Shaquille O'Neal box score um, watchers, man. Shortly after, exactly. Shortly after that, when defenses actually started to care about Moses, 
Um, fewer players were playing on the Thunder. Uh, more attention was being focused on Moses. We, we saw that decline. Um, but with that being said, I, I do like where Moses is at right now with the Mavericks. I think that's going to be a good spot for him. I think he will contribute in the time that he's given. Um, but still, that was a fun stat I came across, and I was curious. So you kind of just threw out an educated guess there. Um, he will not. Got I, I, don't, I don't think he will start the season in Dallas. No. I, oh, okay. You think he'll be moved again or waived? I think he will have to be part of the Drogic trade if the Mavericks make that trade with Toronto. That's a good point, too. Very good point. Um, yeah, I, I, you know, we keep hearing that Drogic um, might be bought out, which seems wild. But if he were like that, that's kind of what some of these teams are waiting on. But it, yeah, that's that's a good point. Moses might be one of those guys that would head to Toronto in that deal. And I think it would be another good spot for him. Yeah, totally. He, he, he'll be, I mean, he's a solid backup center, right? It's like, that's that's no question. He's never going to be a great defender. He's never going to be a shooter. But if you need a guy that will come in and, and do like what you said, get you a double-double in eight minutes of play, that's a quality backup big. And he's a rebound machine. Like, he's going to be a solid NBA player. I just It's when he gets put on that pedestal of, oh, he's the next Shaq. Like, no, get out of here. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this next one is kind of fun. I'm curious if you'll remember this game. But there are two Thunder rookies. Um, or sorry, these two Thunder rookies became the first player, first pair of players 20 or under to score 20 plus in the same game. So two Thunder rookies uh, were the first two rookies ever in the league to score 20 points in the same game, 20 years of age or younger. I'm going to guess it's the only two Thunder rookies that played last year, Teo and Poku. <laughs> you got it. So you didn't, again, you didn't remember the game, but. Process of elimination here. You're, when uh, was you're that? Fire. Um, so I, I didn't type that in. I'm going to have to go back through my screenshots. But it was shortly after. Um, oh, gosh. I can't I, I can't remember. I'm going to have to look it up. It had to have been late but in yeah. the season, yeah? Because they, they, they kept picking yeah, up the no, records it, it was. in the season. Right, exactly. It, it was definitely post-SGA sitting, which um, he was uh, – I mean, that was like March when he set, right? Yeah, yep, yep. Let's see if I can scroll through all my different screenshots and things. I bet you it was August or I mean, sorry, I think it was April or May. Obviously, <laughs> I was going to say it's not the uh, not the NBA bubble this this past season. That was two seasons ago. Uh, <laughs> um, let's see, I'm getting warmer. I have my uh, my my poke just to entertain the listeners while I'm scrolling. I have these uh, all these different screenshots. I have the screenshot of uh, Poku photoshopped into the McLovin. Hawaii fake ID. Yes, yes. Phenomenal. And I have Goku, uh, Goku Shusky, <laughs> where uh, somebody photoshopped the Super Saiyan hair on him. Pretty great. Um, okay, here we go. That was April 2nd. Oh, okay, so, early April then. So, yeah, it, it was early April, which was uh, kind of fun. Now, so, okay, Love so it. this one, uh, let's see. Yeah, okay, so there was one other player. I'm trying to think. Um, okay, so the first question I asked you was, was players 22 or younger to score 40-plus in a Thunder uniform? Now, there's been um, six Thunder players total who have scored 40-plus in a Thunder uniform since the franchise has re- relocated to OKC in 2008. Can you name those six players to score 40-plus in a uniform? Don't worry about age this time. So Just it's the, tell five, me the, the five from before, but a non-22. Right. PG? PG. It was a. Uh, kind of forgot that these were so similar. I would have grouped them together. But What was uh, what KD, was Melo's season high with the Thunder? 
he didn't score 40. I think it was like, this is off the top of my head. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to look it up. Yeah, I'm going to say look that up. I'm going to say it was, uh, oh, I mean, it was like, it was low 30s, wasn't it? Didn't he have a game where he just went off? Because um, I remember that season and how frustrating it was. It was uh, 18, 19. That's crazy. That was only three seasons ago. That's wild. That is wild. That's so wild. Yeah, I think I, I was listening no, to it. Was the, the, 17, 18. So four seasons ago. Let's see. Okay. 29 points. That mellow oh, season high was 29. That's why he was a bum. I had to get out of there. <laughs> I was going to say, does that surprise you all that much, much though, him playing alongside Russ and, and PG? I mean, you have you to know, remember, too, PG was having his, his quote-unquote MVP season, a.k.a. finishing third in the MVP vote. You know what game that was? It was against the Rockets, wasn't it? No. No? It was that... It was that weekend game, and I'll never forget this game. It was that this game was the the game where I thought, "Holy cow, maybe this PG Russ Mello trio could get it done." It was, was the it game. Philadelphia was it Brooklyn? It was Cleveland. Neither? Oh dang it! When they wiped them by one. like they beat them by like twenty four. Oh, I thought you were going to say like a buzzer beater against a contender kind of thing. No, like they, in Brooklyn and like the, the Cavs. The Cavs were like twenty-seven and eighteen, and the Thunder beat them one forty-eight, one twenty-four. Um, okay, Russ had twenty-three, PG had thirty-six, Steve had twenty-five, Melo had twenty-nine. LeBron was shut down. Um, Kevin Love was shut. Oh, he didn't play many minutes. Isaiah Thomas was was their second, or Isaiah, Isaiah. Thomas was their leading scorer back then. He had twenty four that game. I mean, Cavs two point in LA this season, right? Dude, looking back, <laughs> looking back, like that Cavs team was trash. Yeah. Oh, J.R. Yeah. Smith and Jay Crowder <laughs> were in their starting lineup with Isaiah oh. Thomas. Yeah. So that's the thing. Like the the Thunder should have beat them by 20 plus and they did but they, that game but they but, but they were by they had a but they had a better record like they were probably first or second in the east at that point that's crazy doesn't that seem so crazy to think that lebron was still on the Cavs? like even i know that long ago? it's I just know. it's wild to think about that's insane um and i was listening to the okc dream team and uh, brett dawson brought up a really good point talking about i, I think andrew tweeted this out but talking about um you know it's only been a really a year since CP3 Thunder team were in the bubble, yeah, right? Yeah. And like at this point, right about now, they would have just finished their their series with the the Houston Rockets. And we were talking about like Lou Dort and his development. And can SGA take that next leap? And like we're just in a completely different place. Yeah, it's crazy, it's wild, man, crazy. So hey, speaking of uh, Lou Dort, again, Dort obviously had that, went that forty plus game, which was super exciting. Was a a highlight in that second half of the season. After Shea had gone down, I think a lot of Thunder fans really uh, kind of clung to, and uh, we really enjoyed and uh, were excited about. Uh, so this one's a little more tough, but Lou became the fifth undrafted rookie in the last 30 years to ever score, but 40-plus. If you can name one other, Nick, and you've been doing a good job, but uh, you, you have an A right now. But if you can name one other, I'll give you bonus points. Um... So, fifth undrafted rookie in the last 30 years to ever score 40-plus points. I'm I can give going, you some hints. No, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do two stabs at it. I don't know if either of them are going to be right. Um, and they both they both were on the heat when they were undrafted. Kendrick Nunn and Duncan no. Robinson. No. Neither. I'll give you a guess. One is a former Thunder player. 
Um, and one is currently in the league right now. Um, you mentioned this player, or sorry, you mentioned this player's team um, when you mentioned Moses Brown potentially going there in a trade a little bit ago. Mm. Mm. Undrafted, currently in the NBA, and has dropped 40 points. Oh. Plays for the Raptors. Wait. I don't know. <laughs> Damian Wilkins is, and C.J. Watson are, are two that you probably wouldn't get and I wouldn't have gotten. One is a uh, – speaking of Summer League, we talked about Summer League at the top of the podcast. This guy lit up the Summer League for the Golden State Warriors. Looked like the, the best player uh, long-term for the Warriors in Summer League. Does that give you, give you the hint you need? No. Anthony Morrow. Um, our guys over at the timeline, or at not the timeline, the uh, Light Years podcast, we had that out. Anthony Morrow had 40 plus points in a game. And then Fred Van Vliet was the one I was trying to uh, give you the hints on. Had 40 Anthony, plus as well and was undrafted out of Wichita State. Van Vliet. Ooh, it's, I totally forgot about him. Are you yeah. sure? Are you sure? This, my screenshot came from. Oh. Um, maybe he did so after. I don't know. This came from uh, I think it was ES. Yeah, it was ESPN. Let me uh, uh, let, me, let me go to the Google you, machine. You do a little here. Google. Well, I'm almost uh, so, positive Kendrick Nunn. <laughs> thirty six. So, he almost did it. Oh, it was thirty six. Okay, wow, you found that quick. Goodness, I was about to spill some time there. That was impressive. Okay, thirty six. <laughs> so you were you were onto something uh, in your defense. Now, Kendrick Nunn is going to play a uh, a small role on the Lakers on their way to a championship. 36 minutes this season. Chasing rings, uh, yeah, already. Hey, so Lou, like I said, kind of reflecting back on this past season, I'm going to look through the rest. Of, actually, we're already to, to kind of looking ahead to this coming season, but Lou was on an absolute tear in April. Uh, he's, that, that's when he scored the 29 points, 26 points, 42 points in three straight games. Um, just absolutely crazy getting to do that while Shea was out. Obviously, Horford was, was sitting. Uh, not a ton of talent, and the talent that he did have around him was pretty young and unpolished. And so to see Lou do that was exciting. Um, you and Justin both got to see Lou, like you mentioned, Nick, in Vegas. And then we saw his, his Instagram pictures. He's, he's slimmed down while, while uh, bulking up, right? Like he's put on muscle, but then he shed all the fat. And now he's just like a lean, mean, hopefully a scoring machine. He's, uh, he's less thick, if you will. Less thick, still very, very thick. He's still a, he's still <laughs> a tank. all muscle. Yeah, yeah, he's still a tank. Yeah. It's, just, it's just more, um, he's more lean. Oh, yeah. It's, it's wild. I, I'm super curious to see how that translates on the court. Like, is he more agile, more and more quick with the ball in his hands, uh, more explosive? Um, like, how does that look on the court? How does that translate to the court? I, I'm super curious to see how how that is and how he's able to maintain that during the season as well. You know, in my we, opinion, we saw Russ. None of that matters. Oh, if I can't knock down a three. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, yeah, fair. That's a, that's a good Hey, that's a really good transition here. I, uh, I have something listed, and we'll, we'll go through these maybe a little more quick because I know I spent a lot of time on the what I said was going to be multiple choice, but ended up being fill in the blank. Uh, so there will, there will be um, more like a kind of a opinionated convert. These will be more opinionated conversation starters, but sticking with the theme of school starting up and also kind of, like I said, a fun way to look ahead to the season. Let's do some true or false. But mm. again, this isn't like, like, you know, facts. These are just kind of your opinion. And I think these will be good conversation starters. So um, the first one I have, will be that Shea will be an all-star next season. We're, we're starting this one out kind of easy, throwing you a softball. False. False. Oh, there we go. I knew you'd say false. Tell me why. I just, the, the, he put up, like, legitimately his, historic numbers last season from an efficiency standpoint. Like, there was there – was, you could count on one hand how many guys scored – you know, 20 plus while also having five and five in the assist and the rebound department or close to it that also shot, I think it was like a 80, 80, was it 40, 50, 80 was his splits. Um, yep. There was literally like three guys that did that and they were, they were like bona fide hall of famers. I don't see, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. I don't see a world where he could have a, significantly better season than that if he somehow did we'd be looking at like 29 points seven rebounds seven assists on 45 percent shooting and uh 90 from the free throw line 55 from the field like that would be that would be absurd i don't see that kind of jump i could be wrong um all that to say he wasn't a replacement nominee he wasn't like a a true snub in the all-star game last year and i don't think there's going to be a ton of guys that slip um, to where he would just have like a shoe in spot. And so all that to say, as great as he was last year, the fact that he didn't get in is not making me optimistic that this is the year to do it. I truly think, and we've seen this year after year, winning is definitely baked into the equation for all star votes. Yep. No, and I'm with you. So you bring up a good point or a couple good points there. Um, and, and I think you're correct in the, in the sense that the West is, is just so stacked still. Um, I know the East obviously has gotten much, much better. It's just a kind of a stacked lead um, all around at this point. But even then, you mentioned like his production stuff that he had last season and, and doing it on a team, um, you know, where this season maybe there's going to be more contributors, especially on the offensive end of the floor. My thing is I think Shea is still going to put up similar – stats maybe not you know isn't scoring as many points but i think we're going to see those assists go up we're going to see him maintain that efficiency but the biggest thing about all that is the very last point you brought up that i was going to say i think thunder fans 
are going to be surprised. And I hope they, and they probably will because this happens all the time. It happened last year, but when the team gets off to a really solid start um, and, and they look pretty solid for the first part of the season, you, we're seeing some of these teams. I mean, obviously the Lakers are one that comes to mind, but some of these teams that have shuffled around players and are still trying to, to gain chemistry where the Thunder just have this brand of basketball that they're building. They're more so focused, you know, we've talked about this, especially with the draft, but they're focused more so on the brand of basketball, the style of basketball and bringing in players that'll fit that rather than, at this point, at least, bringing in like the star and then building around that star, fitting the style of play around that star. They have a style of play set. They have players, high IQ, versatile players who will fit that style of play. I think we're going to see them have a pretty solid start to the season. So based off of that, when it comes to all-star voting time, I think the Thunder will still have a fairly decent, maybe even an overachieving record at that point. And I think Shea will still have the same efficiency and therefore will get voted in. That's my counter-argument. I... I, I agree with the logic. However, yeah, no, and that's fair. But the I West is ar- so strong. Like, I, yeah, I, I, w- really I would happen. argue that that now that Kimbo is just flat out bought out, the Thunder have the clear worst roster in the NBA. In the NBA, okay, that's interesting. All the I, I, I that. truly do. I truly do. But and we'll we'll say some of this too for our uh, like our preseason previews where we do our bets and all that stuff because um, we really dive into into depth there. But that's a, let that's, me that's let, a let me point. give a positive spin though because I've said yeah. a lot of negative things in the last three minutes. <laughs> um, I would argue if Shea, the season he had last year, the the production itself along with the efficiency. If he does that every year going forward, just flat, does not get any better, does not get any worse, just flat, the numbers he put up last year, that's yeah. worth the max contract. Yeah, okay, yeah, and, and I think that's, yeah, absolutely, that's fair too. Fair. Fair spin. Okay, my next one. Trey Mann logs more minutes than Ty Jerome this upcoming season. Is that a given, or what do you think? Mm. I know I'm torn on this one also. That's why I put it in here. <laughs> I so this is this is going to be a weird year where um, we haven't had a, a, a full G League season in quite some time. We did see guys like Ty Jerome and Poku and Teo, guys that weren't on two way deals, go play a lot of G League minutes, and it paid off with confidence and getting into the swing of things and adapting to the game. I wouldn't be shocked if Trey Mann plays a little bit with the blue next year. Um, That's a good point. All that, all that to say, I, I do think Ty plays more. Not not to say that Ty is a better player long-term or that the right. Thunder don't view Trey Mann as a better prospect. But I think for next season, um, especially because they're, they're not going to be winning. I almost said they're not going to try to win, but even if they tried to win, they're not going to win many games. What's 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 gonna hurt? You know, giving Trey Man as many games as he can. I, if I say, if the Thunder are playing, if the, if the Thunder and Blue are playing on the same day, Blue are playing at five and the Thunder are playing at seven thirty. Play Trey Man twenty minutes in the first half yeah. and send him to the Thunder locker room. Just get that man some reps. I don't care what. Yeah, I like that a lot. I, I like that thinking a lot. No, I'm I'm with you in it. I like your points. Like I have no counterpoint in this argument whatsoever. Uh, so you're saying false that Trey Mann logs more minutes than Ty, which I think is fair. Yep. I'm just going off like heart here uh, over brain and saying it's true. Um, I, I, I just, like you said, I think the Thunder are going to focus on development so much. 
They obviously see something in Trey Mann. Um, they took him because they knew that he was going to be gone at the next, the, the, the next pick um, in this previous draft. So I, I think Trey's going to play more minutes than Ty Jerome this season. I just, going through the roster, as much as I do like Ty Jerome, maybe not as much as, as Jacob. I know Jacob really likes Ty. I almost wonder if the Thunder maybe valued Trey at this point more than Ty. But that could be wrong. I mean, obviously, we, we saw Ty have an ankle injury at the beginning of last season. They sent him down to the G League bubble. And then they they brought him back up, and um, he he got a lot of burn. But I'm just I'm curious to see where he fits. Um, that'll be an interesting thing to watch. Okay, so here's another fun one. This involves another rookie injury to teammates, right? So like anybody getting hurt, causing this to happen, um, or purposeful tanking, like something that happened towards the end of, of last season for the Thunder. Neither of those count in this situation. Just like straight up in a vacuum, everybody's healthy. Jre will earn a starting spot by season's end. False, 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 and more false. Oh, okay, okay. I don't um, think I don't think there's any reason he should start. And I, I know that the counter-argument and what everybody's probably thinking is, why not start him at center over Derek Favors? And it's because he's not a center. He had to play center in the small ball lineup in, in Vegas, but he's not. He's, he's a power yeah, forward he's a that power hopefully forward. can turn into a small forward. And when you've got Poku... Small forward or small ball five? I think even small forward. Oh, interesting. Okay. I mean, he's not huge. He's 6'8". No, you're he's right. Not a, he's not a huge guy. Um, I know Poku's not a power forward, but I think Poku could play some three and four. Um, you've got Baisley, obviously, who this is a kind of a make-or-break year for him. You've got Roby, who can play three, four, or that small ball five. There's just a lot of guys that play similar positions. Not not that JRE is not going to be better than any of those guys, but I just don't. I think the only spot he could start is center, but even then, you've got um, Favors, you've got Muscala, and I just don't think that he's a center in, in their long term plans. Yeah. I So I actually agree with you there. Um, I, I thought uh, false as well. Um, I. Like you said, the power forward is where I would think he could start, and I just think they they still value Baisley a lot. And um, yep. I'm going to say this probably for our preseason bets and our, our preseason preview, but um, I think Baisley is going to take a bigger jump this season than many predict. But again, I'll say that um, perspective, so Josh perspective is everything too, Taylor. Um, yeah, if yeah, right, if Baisley, well, yeah, no, not even that. If Baisley is if Baisley is not going to be a piece long-term, like if the Thunder halfway through the season decide, like, Baisley's not working out, like, he's still a guy that has some trade value. He's a former first-round pick. He's still, like, 20 years old. I think the perception of benching him for JRE would plummet his trade value versus just, like, keeping him as a starter at the four because game started and more exposure and just being, like, a starter in the NBA, I think, says a lot. And I think if he's not panning out this year, you do have to consider trading him, and him being a starter means something. Okay, okay. They take a, they take a long look at him as a starter before they give up on him. All that to say, so I think it would. It would I'm going to throw this traded. one at you. Then I'm going to skip these next two, and I'm going to throw this one right at you. And then we'll go back to okay. the, the previous two. Okay. Darius Baisley will be extended by the end of the season. For context, Bays has another team option coming up this for this season after this coming one, 2022-2023. And as we know, Presti rarely lets his players become restricted free agents if he wants to keep them. Um, he either extends them, he trades them, or he lets them reach that um, restricted free agency and just basically, you know, 
it doesn't care. I, I, I don't know if I should put it that way. But um, all that being said, Baisley will be extended by the end of this season. True or false? False, only because he's clutch sports, and I think Rich Paul tries getting him a lucrative deal that he may not deserve, and I, I think Presti likes having a clean book. It doesn't like overpaying guys. We've, we've seen that many times in the past. Um, okay. I mean, if, if, if Rich Paul came in and had a legitimate offer that made sense, like extend Bays for three years, I don't know, $33 million. Yes. Yeah. Like, like, sure, sure. But if he comes in asking three over or 45 over three, like, nah, dude, we're going to take no, the team off. He's got to prove himself, you know? And we're going to start JRE. And I think that's the thing. Like, he has the competition. That's why I wanted to bring this one up immediately after. The competition's there. Um, obviously, the Thunder have all these draft picks coming up. Um, you know, you and I have talked about this. Our podcast has talked about this. All un- other Thunder media <clears throat> and even just NBA draft people in general have talked about this. That's going to be a pretty, you know, bigs for this, this upcoming draft, this next draft, especially where the Thunder, knock on wood, are projected to pick at. That's going to bring even more competition and talent in at that same position. Um, but with all that being said, Nick, I think they like Baisley. I think Baisley's going to take a leap this season again, which I'll save context for later uh, later on, closer to the season in a podcast. I think they do extend him. I really do. And I think they'll move off of a Roby or somebody different. Um, but I'm glad you brought that up. That was a perfect transition. Now, or you, sign, or you to, sign Larry Markinen and don't have to worry about it. Yeah, that's right. That is right. Uh, still hasn't signed a deal yet, which is crazy. All right, so another rookie that you got to see in person, uh, but not for very long. Josh Giddy. He makes first or second team all rookie. True or false? Mm, true. I think definitely true. Um, this is a deep class. There's going to be a lot of guys that make impact. But you also got to consider a lot of these guys we've seen be great in summer league, play for teams where they're only going to get 15 to 20 minutes a night. Um, so all that to say, I just think given the opportunity, I'll put it this way. Josh Giddy is going to play, shoot, probably 30 minutes a game. If he's not first or second team All-NBA with the amount of opportunity he's going to have, something is wrong. That's exactly that, – that was going to be my point. It, it, my point is, well, not, not to the sense that something is wrong, but the sense that um, assuming he stays healthy, again, we have no reason to believe not just based off of ankle sprain. I'm not saying that. But assuming he does stay healthy um, and the opportunity that he's going to have, I'm with you. I, I think Giddy's going to make an impact – um, and, and should at least be in that first or second team just based off opportunity. So another yeah. one, this is this is one we talked about earlier in the previous section, something similar. We talked about Lou Dort, and, and Nick, you mentioned his, his outside shooting is going to be key for him this year. Lou shoots 35% or better from three this season. True or false? And just for, um, for context and for our listeners, he shot 34.3% from three on 6.3 attempts this past season. Again, with yeah. a bigger opportunity, probably. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I do think okay. so. I think true. I mean, he. I don't think he increases his percentage by you know close to 50% like he did from year one to year two, but but he's he's a guy, and, and all you can really go off of is historical data and what you've seen out of a guy. He increased from an efficiency standpoint. He increased as a passer. He increased as a rebounder, a shot blocker, a three-point shooter, everything from year one to year two improved. 
he went from a two-way deal to a full-time deal. He went undrafted, and now is like, like his, his entire story is proving people wrong. So I, I find it hard to bet against Lou Dort shooting point seven percent higher from three this year than last year. Yeah, and I, that's a good point. Um, I agree with you on all points. The only additional point I will make, uh, I'm going to say true as well. But like I said, 34.3% on 6.3 attempts. I don't think he's going to have that many attempts this season. And I think we're going to see him be more efficient in the limited attempts that he gets. Now that could also come back and bite me, right? Like he'd be less efficient because he has less attempts. But um, I don't think that's going to be the case. And therefore, I agree with you. I think that's true. So two more kind of quick ones that are related. Derek Favors is in OKC post-trade deadline. True or false? Um, I'm going to say, wait, so the, you kind of double Sorry, negative so, there. So Favors is in, uh, it's still in OKC after the deadline is over. I think um, true. So after February, he's, he's still in OKC, doesn't get I traded think. or doesn't leave until after the season's over. Yep. I think true. Um, not because I don't think a team would be interested in him, but when you're making 10 mil a year, and you're a center, it's yep. hard to make that move at the deadline. Like, like A, how much better does Derek Favors increase your ceiling and, like, your um, chance to win it all or, or make it out of the first round? Whatever your goal as a team is, how much does Derek Favors raise that ceiling? I don't know because in the playoffs, he's probably played off the floor. B, we've seen guys like Andre Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge, probably Kevin Love upcoming this season. Like, there's always high caliber bigs that get bought out or are on minimum deals that get moved or whatever it might be. I just think there's a lot more options out there for teams that need a backup big like a favors and they could get it for a a fraction of the price or not have to give up nearly anything. If you're like the Lakers and can sign every buyout candidate, like I just, I don't, I don't, I don't see a market, you know, that's fair. That's fair. I was just thinking, I think come trade deadline, somebody's going to, or some team is going to get desperate enough, especially after striking out on some of the, the, you know, the bigger names that are always available at that time or hypothetically available at that time. Um, for that price, like you said, like maybe for that position, um, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think that he's either going to be dealt one way or another, whether it be in a bigger trade as like salary matching or just for a contender that's looking for a solid backup big in the playoffs. So I'm going true on there. You're going false. I like it. That's good stuff. Here's my last one. And it's kind of related, Nick. Over two and a half players. I'm setting the over under at two and a half. But I'm saying that over two and a half players are traded by the Thunder this season. Mm. Um, so from, from this podcast this evening on yeah. – uh, what are we at? August eighteenth. Uh, yep, yep, <laughs> until yep. the end of the regular season. So basically, until the the trade deadline, two and a half players are traded by the Thunder this season. I'm gonna go. I don't know if it was an over under question or a true false. I'm gonna go under that, nonetheless. Okay, yeah, fair. For so the you're first saying, uh, false because I said yeah, over for the, for the first for the first season in a long time. The Thunder don't just have a bunch of trade chips sitting there ready to be dangled. Um favors might be the only one because outside of favors everybody is on a tiny microscopic deal where you don't see those guys get traded very often or they're young and developing and the thunder are going to value them higher than any other team you're not trading shea 
I, I'm still not counting out trading Dort before you have to pay him. I'm not counting out trading Baisley before you have to pay him because that would be a smart move uh, uh, considering not considering, um, depending on the circumstances, that could be a smart move because Dort's going to get hella paid. Are you willing to do that? I don't know. Baisley might not pan out. You may have to trade him. All that to say, um, this team just doesn't have many, many pieces that make a ton of sense. That's fair. Uh, and I'm with you. I think last season we were thinking it was going to be quite a bit. Presti uh, wasn't quite as aggressive, I think, as we, we thought he potentially could be. I think I'm kind of with you as well. I'm saying false. I think two would probably be the max here in this situation. I do expect at least one player um, on this current roster to to move before the trade deadline. But um, still, I think about players like – I know how much they like Kendrick Williams, but right? Like Kendrick Williams will be in high demand again. Um, I think about players like, um, like Derek Favors, like we mentioned. I think he's going to be a – a candidate very likely to move. And then obviously even on Mike Mascala um, on the uh, quote unquote team friendly deal that he has, whether he wants to be an OKC or not, um, he could have a pretty um, appealing situation, um, you know, come to fruition, I think come trade deadline. Like if the Lakers come to the Thunder and say, Hey, we'll trade you like a second round pick for Mascala. Um, <laughs> obviously they'd have to shed some salary, but just a situation like that where Mascala is like, okay, yeah, I, I would definitely go to a contender like that. Um, I think there's going to be contenders that are interested in a Mascala even. So we could see where like three players potentially or off this got roster. A, got a hot take for you. Okay. Kenny Hustle's numbers were so inflated last year from previous seasons that yeah, I agree with that. I've got I've got a feeling the Thunder missed their opportunity to get even a second round pick for him. And Ooh. I mean I mean I'm 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 serious. Go go look at his splits. Not to be on the podcast here, but go look at his oh, splits. No. He, I, I'm not disagreeing I mean, like, with you in terms of stats. Exponent like I'm I'm not even talking like the points per game because that all depends on opportunity and how many shots you take, but just the percentages You're talking about efficiency, right. He was not an efficient player at all and had a huge jump if he even goes back down to earth and like meets in the middle between his first season with the Thunder and the season before that, he's not a player that any team's going to trade for or the Thunder even going to play. That's interesting. I think you, you have a point there in terms of Thunder um, choosing to develop players over playing a – sorry, choosing to develop young players over a player like Kendrick Williams. Um but you're right. Like if that that does occur, obviously that's going to decrease his trade value. I just think Kendrick can provide the intangibles, like we talked about. Right, he's more that glue guy. While I don't disagree with you at all on the inflated stats, like you said, primarily efficiency from a efficiency standpoint, uh, shooting in both on off numbers, win shares, um, Raptor, D Lebron, all that, all that fun stuff. No, that's a fair point. Well, Nick, you, uh, you, you passed the test of flying colors. I was kind of hoping you, you do worse. You, you crushed it. So moving on to some more questions, but not for me this time. We have a, a handful from Twitter. I'm just going to pick a couple there. And we have a couple here on Green Room we'll get to. And then we'll go ahead and head Sweet. out here. Love so uh, starting with Twitter, we haven't done Twitter questions in a long time. Um, Jackson McElwee asks, you have to pick one. Uh, to keep Lou Dort or Poku, basically saying Lou Dort or Poku in a vacuum. Who are you picking? Um, Poku. Poku. I think I'm with you. Uh, as much as I love Lou, long term, 
Poku has the upside. Uh, we both could be eating our words here in like two seasons when Poku's at the end of the roster or not on the team <laughs> or whatever it may be. Um, or we could like look like genius and like, Poku's the best player on the team. Like those, those are literally his two out or like the two, the ceiling and floor of his outcomes. And it's uh it's kind of crazy. Logan F. Goodner. Do you guys think Dort fits the team long-term? If so, in what role? It's a good question. That, 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 that is the epitome of the point I've been trying to make mm-hmm. on the podcast for the last couple months. When I talk about like Lou Dort's trade value is probably the highest it's ever going to be. You know, he's, he's an awesome player, still young, on an incredible contract. I think it's in your best interest potentially to trade him before it's time to extend him. For the other reason being, what was just alluded to, what's his role? If the Thunder end up in a situation where Trey Mann or, hell, if they ended up with Jalen Suggs in this draft, or they end up getting a top guard in one of these next two drafts, Josh Giddy's on the team. He's truly a point guard or shooting guard, although he might play some small forward. Like, Lou Dork could really end up being a bench player on the Thunder when it when they're ready to contend. And I don't know if you want to pay him the big bucks to become off the bench. You know, he's probably going to be a starter for the next couple of years, but you're going to have to pay him in the next couple of years. So I think now his role is certainly still a starter, but three years from now, there's a really good shot. He's- hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's interesting. And again, like you said, like this is a really good question leading into what you've been talking about. I'm still just of the opinion that I, I think Dort's going to show improvement, especially on the offensive end this season um, and in the coming seasons that, that make it worth giving him that kind of contract. Um, I could see him. I, I, I don't think he's going to be a bench player like Trey man. I think long-term and obviously just, that's kind of a poor example with him being a rookie could be a six man bench player. I think Teo could be that kind of bench player that you mentioned that six man come off the, the bench and, and facilitate your offense kind of player. Lou Dor, I think, is going to be um, – I don't want to call him a 3-and-D player, but a two-way player um, that, that will be a starter in the league long-term. I think of a guy like <laughs> THJ right now, um, but not for the same exact reasons, right? Like not the the sniper three, the okay defense. Yeah, Dort's more so going to be the lockdown defense, no matter who you put it, put him on, and more versatile on the offensive end. All yeah, that being said, I, I see Dort fitting this team like long term. I think they're going to pay him that contract. I really do. Yeah, I, I'm not. I'm not saying Lou Dort's not starting caliber, right? Like I think kind of like oh, no, and, and, yeah, like fair. like THJ. Those are guys that are starting caliber right. that come off the bench sometimes. But, I, right. but I'm my, my my point is more. Let's say that that the Thunder did have the fifth pick and Jalen Suggs falls to them, and they end up drafting Jalen Suggs. Do you really think Lou Dort is going to start over SGA or Suggs at the one two long term? You know. Fair point. Good point. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah. Point taken there. I I, I get you. I just think long term, uh, Lou will be a part of this this playoff contender, championship contender phase moving forward here in a couple of seasons or I hope so. He, he's he's an impact player. He really is. Right. Right. So one more Twitter question. Uh, I like this one. Giddy season. Uh, Giddy for Giddy on Twitter asks, "What do you think the starting lineup will be, Nick?" And what do you want it to be? So who do you think it will be? And but, but versus what you want it to be? It's a good question. Um, I think it will be SGA, Dort, and Giddy at some combination of one, two, three. You've mm-hmm. got Bays at the four, 
and you've got favors at the five. What yep. I'd like it That's to a, be. That, mine's the same for what I think. Okay. What I'd like it to be is literally anybody besides favors at the five. And then when I say literally anybody, I mean literally anybody that's not on the roster right now. I would, I'd, I, I wish the <laughs> Thunder would. Five. Well, I, any, I, I just wish the Thunder would take a swing at somebody. Like go, yeah. go sign like, even like an Omer Yurt seven. I'd rather him be starting at the five for the Thunder. I know he's signed with Miami now, but I'd rather a guy like that where it's like he could end up being a big time bust. But you're at least putting somebody that's developmental at that position. Derek Favors has proven to be a solid backup five. I don't think you're going intri- to increase his trade value that much by starting him versus having him be a high impact bench player. I agree um, with that. Yeah. So that's 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 my my one take there. Outside of that, what I'd also like, um, I'd like Poku to start over Baisley. Not that Poku is going to play four; it's pretty positionless. But take Baisley out, put Poku in whatever combo of point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, it doesn't really matter at this point, but Shea, Dort, Giddy, Poku at the one through four would be a ton. of. So we're on the same exact page. Um, I'm with you on what I think it is. Uh, or I think it will be favors at the five and basically getting the nod over any other forward. Um, what I hope it is, is the exact lineup that you mentioned, um, Baisley, or sorry, excuse me, Poku instead of Baisley, um, and, and then probably, um, yeah, probably favors there at least to start the game. But like I'm with you when it comes to closing games. Um, say you're in a close game against a team like this young Thunder team is. Uh, I don't want to say overachieving, but but they're competing more than maybe we think that they even will be um, against some of these teams. I would love to see a closing lineup, Nick, of Shea, Lou, Poku, uh, Giddy, and shit like throwing Baisley. You know, just give me all the versatility, the youth, the strength, the athleticism. And let's see what happens. I think it'd be a lot of fun. I'll tell you what um, happens. Joel Embiid scores 19 points in three minutes in the eh, last. Eh. Just like <laughs> in the knees and, and have to get surgery. <laughs> well, no, hey, that's not a All bad right. thing. You you want him to score nineteen points. That means you lose. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah that's right. And, and, and at the same time, you're improving your your yeah. And we'll we'll have a uh, Holman or uh, Victor Wembanyama, and you know, yep, and, and exactly. It's perfect. All right, a couple more here from Green Room. Nate Sanders, who will be the second leading score next year? Mm-hmm. This is going to be a funny answer. And I'm not dodging the question because I'm actually going to answer it after I say this. Whoever takes the second most shots, um, that seems obvious, yeah, that's but that's fair. also a question that literally nobody knows the answer to like, right now. Who, who will that be? Yeah, exactly. right. Yeah, and that, that, that's that's what I'm trying to get at. But I, I think it'll be I think it'll be Dort. I think he'll get a lot of shots. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Um, honestly, I think I'm going to go. This is kind of bold. I think I'm going to go with Giddy. Um, because like we saw in summer league, we saw, um, Gibbs running some, uh, running a set for him to, to start the, um, uh, start the, the summer league before he got hurt, obviously. Um, I, I think Dignot's going to, to run a lot of plays for Giddy to create for others and to potentially create and score. Um, so I think it's going to be Shea and I think we're going to see like Giddy be that, that, that second player. Um, that's a really fun one. All right, so so Clay Clay uh, is it Sally? Is, is that how I pronounce it, Nick? Yep. I always yep. don't know if I pronounce it correctly. Clay's a good friend of yours. Um, um, he's he's become a friend and an acquaintance of mine just through all of this. Um, so I have to give him a little little 
shout out here. Um, he was giving you some trouble, Nick. You know, I mentioned you being gone at Summer League. Uh, you were out of town a little bit before that. You're in OKC for work. Went to Summer League in, in Vegas. You and the girlfriend went on vacation. And uh, and Clay shouted you out in the chat here. He said, this man Crane hasn't been in Dallas in two months. It feels like it, man. It's been it's been a lot. <laughs> but he does have a question for us, and you kind of replied to him here. But Clay asks, will the Thunder offer Lou a $77 million four-year type of contract when he's due? He's due in the next year. So keep that in mind. Oh, that's true. That's, that's, good that's why I entered in the chat. I said, if he... If he they takes another twenty million, dear deal. If he takes another leap like he did last year, that would put him at like you pay 16, him. 17 points a game, and still an All NBA type defender and shooting thirty eight percent from three. Yeah, I, I think I think that's that's worthy. But if he is flat or down, no. Yeah. Um, look, I got to stick to my guns here. Um, I officially announced it loud and proud on a podcast here during like the latter end of the season saying that, look, as much as I I love Shea dearly, um, as much as I love all the players on this team, as high as I am on Poku, um, and even, you know, with these draft picks coming in, uh, Giddy, man, I think man is going to be fantastic more so, I think, than others. Uh, Obviously, Giddy's going to be a solid player. Blue Dort has my heart. Uh, Dort is my favorite player on this team for multiple reasons. Uh, And not only that, I, I, I genuinely do. Bias aside, maybe some bias still there. I don't know. <laughs> I think he will be with this Thunder. Uh, I guess this this iteration of the Thunder moving forward, um, kind of going transitioning towards um, playoff and championship contention eventually again. And so I, I do think he gets a a contract similar to that. And I think him signing a quote unquote you know team friendly contract early on. Um, him and his representatives are going to want him to get paid moving forward. And St. Presti's the kind of player, or sorry, the kind of GM, if a player has shown promise um, and, and needs to improve like Lou has uh, and, and is willing to stick with the organization, I think Sam's going to reward Lou. So I, I, I think a contract like that is absolutely um, going to happen. I but Nick, it. that's all I got. That's all we got. That's all the questions we got. We went through – for, for a night where I was like trying kind of scrambling there here like uh, two hours ago trying to come up for content, I think we, we covered a lot of ground. A lot of, <laughs> lot of, we do lot of hot takes. A lot of hot takes. I, I, I need you all to go and, and clip these hot takes and um, aggregate them. And um, Taylor says that Lou Dort is going to be the, the best limited player of all time. You know, all that fun stuff. Um, but in all seriousness, we, we do appreciate you all tuning in here, especially here a little later at night on a, on a weekend or a week night tuning in here on locker room. Obviously the questions we got on Twitter, all of your guys' interaction, we greatly appreciate you know, We mentioned Nick and Justin getting to go to summer league. That's all because of you guys, um, and, and the support that we get on the podcast and, and we greatly appreciate it. So thank you guys again for tuning into the uncontested, uh, a part of the blue wire podcast. Stay tuned. We will have you guys covered, um, on Friday, we'll have another green room hangout. Again, not going to be a recorded podcast, but you guys can come on stage, chat with us, send in questions. We'll just hang out and chat. Um, I've been calling those Friday. I Actually, I think I'm doing it. I've been calling those just kind of like a Friday happy hour. Uh, so just, you know, grab a drink, enjoy the weekend, and let's let's talk some hoops. Um, do you, do you have a drink in hand on those Friday happy hours? Oh, I do. Um, I'm good, a beer guy. Good, you good. know this. You, you're know. a beer guy as well. I mean, we don't discriminate against the hard liquors by any means, but you know, we're more we're, we're more beer guys. Um, so uh, you you got to be hooked on this. 
like two, three years ago, and I blame you. I'm a big blood and honey revolver. Blood and honey guy. is nice. Blood and honey is. And it's all your fault. It's all your fault. It's my go to beer now. But I do love a good anthem. Um, Arjuna wheat. I'm a, I'm a wheat beer kind of guy. So uh, so yeah yeah. What about us. what about our, me on Friday? What about our uh, go to spot to uh, watch the summer league games? What's your favorite beer from there? Oh, Prairie. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So they have the, the chalk beer, which I haven't been able to find for a really long time. So, excuse me, when Jacob and I were there, um, I saw that on tap and got super excited. Great, great. Speaking of wheat beers, fantastic. Um, and then my other beer from I really like like their standard ale, but they also have like a lot of experimental beers, which I think is really cool. And there was one called the Fourth Quarter Nick, and it was like it, it, it's based off a lemon lime sports drink. Right, like that's what it says on the menu. Huh. But like when we were talking to the guys, they're like, "No, no, no, it's lemon lime Gatorade." And I tried it. I'm not a sour beer guy. You are. I love sour and, beer. And you would love this. I loved it, and I'm not a sour beer guy. Like I would absolutely get like a six pack, a couple six packs of it. It was fantastic. We it need was to cool. do more stuff basically lemon prairie, lime. Huh? Oh, 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 we will. Yeah, it's not. It's not what we should. We are going to. It, it was decided, and and handshakes where um, they happened on the spot. I witnessed Love and, it. I, and I shook the hand when we talked about um, doing some, some future events there at Prairie. So in, in all seriousness, we will, um, whether it's a preseason game or a just a couple regular season away games, we're absolutely going to be doing some more stuff there. But yeah, no, you're right, Nick. So, some good beers there as well. So come join us Friday. Uh, come hang out at the uh, – come out – can hang out here, I guess, at the green room. Um, and then Sunday evenings, we'll, we'll always be live on um, YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, doing our, our weekly podcast. It'll obviously go up as a uh, podcast form on, on Monday for you all to listen to. Um, oh, yeah, we're on TikTok, TikTok now. I'm uh, trying to, you know, hang out with the, the young kids. How do you do, fellow kids? I think that's the, the phrase there. Uh, trying to trying to keep up with the time. So be sure to follow us on TikTok. I'm, I'm going to try and put some highlights and stuff on there throughout this season as well. So thank you guys again for tuning in. Uh, have a lot of fun tonight. And thank you, Nick, for joining me. And until next time, yes, as always, thunder up. Peace out. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio.